Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's time to chat all things Aston Villa as we look at Aston Villa's one-all draw with Everton, their upcoming match against Arsenal, and their overall chances of Premier League survival. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're leaving it till the last minute, but nonetheless, Villa are still with some shout of Premier League survival. Welcome once again to the Holtcast. Of course, it's Cole Petham here, and of course, I'm not alone Danny Razzo, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, how? How are Villa still in with a shout? It's almost been a, well, almost been a perfect weekend uh, apart from the apart from the Villa result, <laughs> to some respect. Uh, and even that wasn't necessarily the worst worst result that could have ever happened. Yeah, it's just Cole. Part and parcel of being a Villa fan, we're very used to disappointments. Uh, and at the end of the day, that draw felt like a loss, but uh, as you say, leaves us just within a chance of um, of making it out of this um, out of this misery that that we've somehow found ourselves in. Yeah, one hundred percent. Danny actually had the uh, smart idea because we were going to record obviously on Friday um, to wait until obviously Bournemouth and Southampton played. Of course, Southampton won two nil. We wanted a lot of negativity and frustration is probably coming out with that draw because we should have beat Everton. I think most Villa fans and if I'd imagine Everton fans would probably agree uh, to the probably highest extent possible. Um, So I think there's probably put a little bit more positivity in our step there. And of course, like I said before, it was one all at Goodison Park, a very frustrating result. But nonetheless, like Danny said, there we're still in it somehow. Uh, Danny, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, what's your percentage Mm. at here for likeliness of uh, staying up right now? Um, I'll give it about a 25% chance. You know, you're, you're asking for an awful lot of things to go right here. Um, so, I mean, basically, what what Villa need now is for Watford not to pick up any points <laughs> against Man City and Arsenal, which, yeah, possible. Yeah, very, very possible. But, but the, way, the way a lot of fans are treating that as a foregone conclusion, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think I think Watford are absolutely made to beat a team like Arsenal personally, uh, because of the high press. Um, Arsenal aren't very good at dealing with that kind of thing. And then Man City, uh, they've not really got anything left to play for, so there's that too. But um, if Villa do go ahead and get points at Arsenal, it leaves them in a very good position. I think that's the main thing. If Villa get points against Arsenal on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, it puts them in a really good position. Um, just just means they've got to once again rely on Watford not to not to uh, not to do too much before um, the end of the season. Well, it's, you know what? Let's focus on Watford right now. It's going to be guys. It's going to be a little bit different of a podcast. We're going to kind of jump in and out of the Everton result and kind of just look at our chances of survival. Look ahead to Arsenal. Just kind of go over everything because there's been so much happening over the last few days within the Premier League. Looking at Watford today, of course, it's come out that Nigel Pearson and (laughs) Craig Shakespeare have both left uh, with two games remaining, um, and there's just going to be caretaker managers there. An interesting result. This is probably the typical Watford hope and prayer of a motivational mastermind coming up here, Danny. I'm I'm assuming that's what they're doing. I've got no idea. It didn't make any sense because... Pearson's actually done a pretty decent job. He basically took them from 
a scrap heap to a team that's obviously still struggling, but they're above the relegation zone. He's doing his job, and that's keeping them up right now, technically. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like, you're going in with... I don't even know who's taking over right now. Uh, it's Hayden Mullins. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. looking at that, but I don't I don't know what you change tactically within two games. Like, they play Man City on Tuesday. Like, and you look at the Man City result against Arsenal in the FA Cup, they lost 2-0, albeit having, of course, more possession and I think only one shot on goal. I think most people look at that game, Danny, as one where they might get a lashing. Look, this is Watford's, this is Watford's owners for you. Right, the the number of managers that club has managed to get through in the last few years is ridiculous. I have lost count. All right, I have lost count of how many managers they've managed to get rid of. Um, he's the, he's the third manager to get sacked by by Watford this season as well. That's obviously That's after mental. having Rasir and Kike Sanchez Flores. And to me, it's just well, Nigel Pearson's a, a relegation battle specialist. <laughs> <laughs> he masterminded the great escape of Leicester City uh, the season before they won the league. Was it, I think they win their last five games or something like that? Or they were yeah. unbeaten in their last five games or something? And it almost feels to me like, well, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Why are you getting... There has to there has to be something underlying other than the tactics, right? I mean, that's, that's, your, um, that's your instinct. Yeah, I was talking to a friend about this actually a few minutes before he came on and we were kind of coming to the conclusion that there must have been something behind the scenes between ownership to maybe Pearson or Pearson with players like something had to happen. It just doesn't add up like obviously you're not going to bring someone in for two games, albeit it's Watford. So who the hell knows? That wouldn't have shocked me at all probably bring back Kike Sanchez Flores for two games again. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. They don't have a lot. Of, they don't have a lot of time to bring in a replacement. No, I doubt they will now. I think that well, they put an announcement out like an hour ago saying um, Mullins is going to take charge for the rest of the season. But uh, before that special. came out, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Fly that's him something. In for two games. <laughs> Give him like a million pounds for the hell of it if they stay up. You never know. Um, but no, you look at them. You look at their results. They're probably the the team, albeit in control right now, out of the relegation zone, that have the hardest run in. The, the thing with Arsenal, we'll tie this back in with Villa, is there's a lot of p- positivity from the Villa side. I don't know why um, going into <laughs> Arsenal. I think it's kind of a thing, Danny, when you look at it being, I guess, the first thing they played on Saturday. A quick turnaround at Tuesday. They played all their strongest players, arguably, on Saturday against City. And a lot of them played a lot of minutes. There's been, obviously, a, a lot of games within a few days since Project Restart. So I, it's hard to say that they're going to start their full side. I would expect rotation. I mean, I don't uh, see why they shouldn't start their full side either, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I don't I mean, know. But that see, that's the other thing. They could be safe, though, because in terms of getting a spot because I believe isn't it either side basically at this point if Chelsea gets Champions League that basically guarantees yeah I I mean yeah I think yeah I think they're already guaranteed Europa League right I'm pretty sure if you're if you're I was saying Una Emery if you're Mikel Arteta yeah you've got an FA Cup final coming up and your team has just beaten Arsenal to Liverpool do you chop that team up or do you keep them playing together, riding on a high, getting a guaranteed win against a relegation battling team, which looks almost lifeless? Yeah. See, that's well, what? So they play on Tuesday and then they play on Sunday. So there is a break there. So 
arguably you are right. They could play their full side and still be well rested to play Watford. Exactly. That's that's where I'm thinking. Who has the advantage here? Does a fully rested, fully fit Villa side have a chance against a slightly you could potentially say and argue tired Arsenal side like Villa played it, well it, against Everton. It we was, did. They played well. But, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's the issue here and I think a lot of people look at the Arsenal game and say okay, well I, I, this is going to be a lot of what ifs, but what if 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 Arsenal get a draw against Arsenal or a win, do we have confidence once they face Watford? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of parallels here when you look at it, and you don't really know what to expect. And again, you're banking, you're banking on Watford to lose to Man City. You're banking on that too. Um, Villa get a point. If Villa get a point and uh, ask, and and Watford draw to Man City, then there's a chance. It comes down to goal difference, isn't it? But um, I think we've left it too late anyway. I think staying up at this point is a bonus call. I think that's I the think- way I'm looking at it. I just think this is the most what if podcast we're ever gonna do. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but it's it's good it's good that we wait until Sunday because so much has happened. Bournemouth now are in a very rough position because Bournemouth have to rely on us, you know, um, only picking up three points. That means yep. Bournemouth have to win their last game. Uh, they also need to rely on on Watford to do the same things that we're relying on them to do. Um, but they, you know, yeah, they're yeah. they're on equal goal differences now as well, Bournemouth. Yeah, so like if we paint a picture right now, obviously, like I said before, Bournemouth lost 2-0. They're going to feel extremely hard done by. They had a goal ruled out in the last minute. Um, It was a good call. Wilson was offside because he was an active player, so that was right. And that has to be soul-destroying, though. Like, you're so close to getting a point, and that point is massive. So you kind of have to question maybe what that does to the mentality now because if you look at it... As things stand, of course, like you said, we jump above them. Uh, we're both on minus 27. Watford are on minus 23 goal differential. It, it all comes down to Tuesday, Danny, because, of course, if Watford somehow beat Man City, like gets over, um, unless we somehow yeah. beat Arsenal. So, like, a lot of things come down there. Of course, we could both lose. Um, Watford could get smashed, and we all end up on relatively the same goal differential. It's it's so many what-ifs. Um Honestly, I did switch it on on that day. I think I, th- I think genuinely there's a we're very very lucky that that, that, that I mean I, it should never be happy that somebody's lost their job. Um, but <laughs> what probably would have done it at the end of the season anyway. But do you I think, think this very, very motivates that, them? Nah, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think if you're the players, um, and there's been a managerial sacking at this point of the season where everybody's got to stick together you've got two games left and suddenly the board turns around and goes right manager out right great escape artist Nigel Pearson <laughs> well what's you know if you're the players <laughs> like, what, what what you know it's, it's almost as though the board's given up already right like yeah I, I, I think they're less likely to show up now well that's what I assumed it is up. I'm, I'm assuming they're clearing house because they're expecting it. I think, I honestly think their last result was such a mental defeat to them. I almost feel like they're looking at their last two games with sacking Pearson thinking that we're not, we're not getting anything like this is over. We better yeah. restart right now. We're going to restart right now and go in fresh. And even that's scary. Like we've talked about more of Watford than anything here, but like, I even fear for them because you have to look at it. The turnaround to the next season is going to be so quick. 
So maybe they're just jumping the gun here and saying, regardless, if we stay up, we're going to be lucky. If we go down, at least we're prepared. And and getting back, uh, back to a Villa standpoint, it's I, I hate to say it, Danny, and it's been obvious since Project Restart. We've been relying on other teams, and it's it's been a very stressful and painful uh, what month and a bit for us. Like it's just. I, I hate this because if you look at so many results, and it's easy to do that as a football fan, look in hindsight, but there's just so many results here and there that if you think, okay, if we didn't collapse against Spurs or Arsenal or Liverpool, we'd be where Watford are or West Ham are even above that. There's just, there's so many things where you look at it right now, like we've done this to ourselves. And I think a lot of fans have to accept it now. If we go down, it's because we just weren't good enough. Yeah, we've shot ourselves in the foot so many times. I think that's the that's the thing. It's been a really torturous season in that respect. The amount of points we've just lost, and I, I think I, I think the only thing you can really do as a fan is just basically suck it up and get used to it. Um, yeah, I mean, we are where we are now, Cole. Right, we are where we are. Yep. This is the situation for the last two games, and we're still winning with a chance somehow, somehow or another. Watford. And Bournemouth have just not capitalised on on how badly we've been, right? Uh, so how how badly we've played. Um, look, we turn up we turn up against Arsenal, play like we did against Everton, first half especially, and we might we might just nick a point. We might just nick a point. And I think I think I think this is all about now. I think as Dean Smith was saying before, take every game as it comes. I think the thing that sucked about Everton, Cole, I don't know about you, right, but it was the first it was the first game where we kind of like mashed up in the last last couple of minutes where I thought we really didn't deserve that. Yeah, I don't, I, we we, we I, didn't we didn't really mess up that badly for that to happen. I think the thing with a lot of people is it it, it just goes I hate to bring this up and I didn't want to. I think it just goes back to the El Ghazi mess. Like you have a better opportunity to probably score that than miss that like it, it just it, it's it's the way villa are like it's just I don't rate the abuse, somehow though. no I don't the, rate the, the abuse, abuse is ridiculous though. like you have some How, what 50 you year expect? old man well like, what's what 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 part what part of el ghazi's mentality affects what happens to that ball that's oh, exactly that's the thing he's got himself in that position right what part of his attitude what part of his mentality affects that no, he caught it unlucky on his on his heel. It happens, man. The world, the universe works in funny ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I just find a lot of people saying like, "Oh, he should have just took it with his body." It's like, yeah, it's easy to say that now when you don't have the ball flying at you at like a pretty decent pace. Like, <laughs> I, I I guarantee a lot of us would probably somehow screw that up too. It it just happens. It's part of the game. And just for people to say our season's over because of Gazi, like. Like we've said before, Danny, our season's been, if we go down, it's because of the whole squad. It's because we didn't have good tactics. The managerial decisions at times have been poor. You can go all the way back to the start of the Mm -hmm. season. We had two different transfer policies, one with Dean Smith, obviously, and one with Suso. The mixture just didn't work. We probably should have went with more Dean Smith S signings now that I'm looking at kind of the way we're playing right now. There's just a lot of things that didn't go right because of poor decisions. And to say it's El Ghazi's fault is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. If What if that's Grealish? Is it Grealish's fault we go down? Like, you know what I mean? Mm. It, no one would say that. They'd go, oh, unlucky, but he's been such a talisman, I'll miss him. Yeah, it, it's, Grealish, Grealish has, been, has been very, very average since the, since the restart as well. 
People, pe- people will get mad at you for saying it, but um, you know, every opportunity Grealish has had, he somehow skied it as well. <laughs> he said, you know, El Ghazi is not the only one missing chances. I think, like I said this, I probably said this the last like two or three podcasts. I still think Grealish is carrying some kind of knock or something. He just doesn't. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't seem like himself. Do you get that sense too? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, do, do, do you know, one of the things that's really annoyed me since the restart is he's tried to run through defenders when he, you know, clearly hasn't got the capability for it, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, he's probably not got the fitness for it, for, first of all. You know, second second of all, there's nerves. Um, it almost looks like Jack Greenish of three or four years ago. I mean, there's, there's, there's moments of brilliance. Like, the ball he put in for Agazi was good, right? And, you know, there's, there's some, sometimes there's spells in the game where Grealish does, like, just show up and and, and, and play really well. But, like, um, yeah, he'll be running into defenders trying to take on three men when it's like, you know, don't what are you doing? You know, don't, don't try that. Release the ball earlier. And there's a lot of times where he's kind of walked the ball into the box and just you know, kept a hold of the ball until it's too late and the opportunity's gone. And I just wonder, like, where he's at. You know, it's not a skill thing. It's not a talent thing. It's uh, it's almost like his vision is just kind of blurred at the moment. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is, personally. Yeah, like, I've said this all season, and I think uh, as much as I love Jack Grealish and as much as he offers for the side – one of you'd have to say one of the negatives this season has been just he's on his own island and he his one of his weaknesses I'd have to say is he tries to do too much sometimes sometimes that's just because he has to other times he just mm-hmm. thinks he has to and he doesn't have to it's I, I think that's one of the issues like you said there he's trying to take on three guys when he doesn't need to and those instances is losing the ball in poor positions and leaves us vulnerable and Every player is susceptible to a poor ball and losing it when you're not supposed to. Look at Mings, look at Angles. Mings, the yeah. list can go on and on this season. But it's it's now or never for us. You have to look at him again, uh, even Hell, Trezeguet, El Ghazi. Everyone going forward, Samata, they have to step up now or never. If we're ever going to beat a top-end traditional four to six position side, whatever you want to say, Arsenal now or nowadays. Oh, let's think about getting back to the Premier League or staying in the yeah. Premier League for now. Yeah, but right now, we have to beat one of the top sides. Everyone always says if you come up and to survive, you have to beat a top side. It's now or never, in my opinion. Like, we can't go into this game with a mentality of we have the West Ham game. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it cannot yeah. be that way. And my biggest fear after the Everton game, especially the way we conceded, it, which was the most heartbreaking thing because I thought somehow Konza cleared that and I thought, wow, we got away with this. It's meant to be. It's just unfortunate. It was just fine margins, but I just hope after that it, we just don't ha- go into that with our heads down thinking uh, we can't do this because we're susceptible to conceding because I still, in my mind, I, we apparently just suck when it comes to Arsenal current players and past players because yeah. Theo Walcott yeah. has done nothing. For years, but of course he can win a header against. We've never. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, he wins a header and it loops over the keeper. Gosh, man. He didn't mean to do no. that. He... No way, he, no way he meant to do that. And Everton didn't even care about the game at that point. I think that's the only thing. It was just like you know, keep the ball, lads. Keep the ball. We don't need to. Um, but yeah, against against Arsenal, it's just a shame. Like we never get to participate in the art in in the Arsenal a terrible banter. 
we never get to participate in that because we always just get destroyed by them every single time we play them. And I, I, I don't I don't know why we can't. I, I don't know why we don't you know beat the big teams. We've had every opportunity to do so. We should have had scalp. We should have had scalps against Liverpool, yeah. Manchester United, and mm-hmm. Chelsea so far this season. In fact, yeah. we should have beaten Arsenal earlier in the season. And Spurs. And Spurs. Yeah. We should have drawn against them. You could probably argue maybe even twice. To, well, the first game, I won't really. I'll give slack there. But that second one, we should have. 100%. If there's ever a game, Villa turn up, right? And don't, you know, cock up is this one, man. Just look. I know I know we can take it to the West Ham game. But get the three points against Arsenal. Beat them 2-0, right? Watford is Watford lose 2-0 to City. That puts Villa in a very good position. That's 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 the way Villa think about this now. Go to Arsenal, win it by a two or three goal margin. I think that's the um that's got to be the end. If we can score be... more than one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Who's you put up front? That's the question. Do you go Davis? Do you go Samata? Do you go the two of them? Um, I, I don't think you go two. I don't think that'll work. I think you keep the same formation. I think our shape over the last couple games, especially. Um, since we've been churning out a few points here, or there has been excellent. Like we're playing with purpose. Like we're not. If you look, if you watch the Bournemouth game today, or if you've watched Watford um, and even Norwich, you could say they're playing under panic and stress, and they're just throwing the ball up the field, hoping for counterattacks and hoping for the best, and basically leaving nothing at the back. And they're very susceptible to shots on target. Now that's been Villa's issue all season, but. We've been playing, like I said, with purpose. There hasn't been a lot of kind of duress on the ball where you'd probably look at it and say, okay, we're really open here. There's just It's been very tight and compact. We're whipping balls in with Elmo and Target, and it's been working. And I think when you look at Arsenal, I think whipping the ball in as often as we have, and if Samata can somehow get his head on one that actually goes on goal, I think that's going to be an issue for them because David Luiz always has a mistake in him. Arsenal is always susceptible to a mistake. They have been for as long as I can remember. Yes, exactly. Like, if we're going to come against a top side right now, I'm not saying Arsenal's poor. They're on great form. They've beaten Liverpool and City within, like, four days. Like, Mm. that's not to be toyed with or to say they're um, poor or whatever. Like, but they're there to be got at. There's aspects of this game that if we play the way we can play without fear and knowing what we have to do, there's an opportunity to get something out of this. Now, Man City played just before us as well. Literally just Correct. before us. So, if Man, if Man City get battered, if Man City get battered, sorry, if Watford, sorry, get battered, uh, that actually leaves Villa in with a chance of climbing out of the relegation zone for, you know, for the time being. Yeah. So, I think that would be quite interesting to see. Uh, do I think, I, I can't see us, I can't see us winning. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. You're right. Is every, we should be able to. Um, let's look at our last few games against Arsenal. Three two. I mean that we came close in that game. Before that, we hadn't actually scored a scored a goal against Arsenal for five games. I don't think. I just think of the crazy. FA Cup final every time. I don't know why. Oh yeah, yeah. I just think of Sanchez yeah. scoring at Shea Given, and it was like right down his throat, and I it, it still puts nightmares in my mind. Gosh, it's I know, I know <laughs> man. Uh, I, I get you. It's not, uh, it's it's not pretty viewing, but it, and Danny, you know what? Been on fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you're making it worse for me. <laughs> if if there's gonna be one thing, Danny, we'll wrap it up here in a minute. That you look at from a Villa yeah. perspective, 
if you take it from the Everton game yeah. and you apply it to the Arsenal game, what is one aspect you would take that is a key to getting anything out of this game? Hold the ball better. Hold the ball better. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think Villa defend badly. I think Villa defend too much. You know, um, for what it's worth, I thought Villa actually did a very good job of shutting off Everton for the first for the first sixty minutes or so. I think once we get the first goal, if we get the first goal, right, Villa need to, you know, not give up. They need to go out and get that second, get that second, and I think Villa's in with a chance. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's one of them ones. We need to, we need to get that first goal, uh, and then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, Cole. I'm, am I super confident? No. <laughs> but do Arsenal have a cock up in them? Yeah, they do. Somewhere along the line, you know, they've just won two games against Liverpool and and Man City. Can they keep? I mean, I I don't know if they can keep that up. Yeah, and sometimes this makes teams very complacent. Like you look at who played for Arsenal yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. Of course, that happened on Saturday. A lot of big players played, so could they see shorter minutes? But nonetheless, guys, I think the biggest thing that we have to focus on, like Danny said. Maybe not even playing on the front foot, but don't be scared. Go at them from minute one. Don't sit back because the more we defend, the more time they have the ball, just the higher chance we're going to make a mistake. There's always a mistake in Villa. We all know that. It's just one of those things we have to neutralize as many things as possible. This is probably the first time, Danny, going like looking at the whole season where I've looked at our midfield and I don't have any concerns. It's... Very weird. Like, yeah. look at Hurahan. He's assisted on, what, our last four goals. Of course, you look at McGinn, it, it, just a workhorse. Hopefully, he can s- just pull something out of his old self. And, of course, Douglas Louise has been the player of the season since Project Restart. So, I think there's a lot of yeah. positives to look at. But, nonetheless, Danny, what's your score prediction? Oh, my God, Cole. <laughs> um, what's my score prediction? I This is so difficult. I want to be positive. Do you know what? 2-0 Villa. Wow. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I want to get pumped for this game. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to think negatively. Yeah, 2-0 Villa. I got yes. the last prediction right as well, by the way. So I'm. You know, who knows? That is the most positive <laughs> you? you've been all season. Wow. Um, yeah, I know, but it's it's fight or flight, dude. <laughs> um, let me see here. You know what? I'll be positive as well. 2-1 Villa. I just think we're gonna concede. It, it just it's it's in us yeah, to concede. Yeah. I don't know where we're going to get two goals from, but I think as long as we kind of just hammer that box with crosses, create a few opportunities, there's rebounds to be have there had there. So I'll go 2-1 Villa. Pure blind optimism, optimism if I can say that, at its finest. But anyways, guys, we'll leave it at that. Thank you for listening to yet another edition of the Holtcast in association with 7500 to Holt. Of course, if you want to tweet in, it's at 7500 to Holt. Of course, email us at holtcastpod at gmail.com. Find Danny on Twitter at Raza Journal. Find me on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. And we'll leave you guys there. It's coming down to the nitty gritty, guys. But don't forget, up the villa. 